Hi, this is Ted Ramey, director of the web series Playing Dead, and you're listening to On Screen and Beyond, 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 Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 101 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm Brian Zemrak. Welcome. This is the weekly show that brings you updates as far as what's coming your way for movies, remakes, sequels, upcoming movies, TV shows coming out on DVD, and movies coming out on DVD, as well as our weekly interview with someone from the movie, TV, or music industry. Last week, we, of course, did our 100th show. We had the honor of having Dick Van Patten from 8 is Enough on the show. I remember Mama, Spaceballs, all sorts of things. He was a great guest. Um, if you want to listen to that, you can still get it at onscreenandbeyond.com, or you can go to iTunes and get it. And uh, while you're at iTunes, why don't you put a little uh, remark for us and uh, you know however you do that i don't know how you do that but <laughs> there's a way to do that and uh the um all the other uh episodes of on screen and beyond i'm sure you'll find somebody that you'll enjoy that we've interviewed like i say there's people from the music industry there's people from the tv shows and from movies all sorts of great people check them out at onscreenandbeyond.com. You get a whole list or on iTunes. And this week we have another great guest. Ted Ramey, of course, is joining us. And he was in all sorts of different things like Sequest DSV, the TV show. He played Lieutenant Tim O'Neill. He was also Joxer the Mighty on Xena, Warrior Princess. Did a great job on there. And in dozens and dozens of movies of course all the spider-man movies and all sorts of stuff he talks about all those things it's coming up pretty soon right here in a few minutes on on screen and beyond but first let's check out what's coming away as far as remakes taking you down to that remake madness right here on on screen and beyond Please hang up and try again Remake Madness, well, Miley Cyrus will star in a film called The Last Song, along with Greg Kinnear and Kelly Preston. It's a remake of a Nicholas Sparks book, and it's set for a March 31st release. Another Nicholas Sparks book is headed for the big screen. It's The Lucky One. It's about a Marine who carries a photo of a woman with him during his times in Iraq, and when he returns home, he sets out to find her. And the 1940s radio and magazine hero Doc Savage is headed for the silver screen. No, he's not a superhero, but there's nothing he can't do. And uh, that's about it for Remake Madness. Coming up next, what's coming your way as far as new movies? Right here on On Screen and Beyond. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Well, as far as upcoming new movies, it looks like Vince Vaughn and Kevin James may team up with director Ron Howard. It's currently untitled. We'll keep you informed as things come our way. And Ed Harris will star in a film called Big Red. It's about a teacher in the mid-1960s whose life is changed by an outcast student named Stanley. And a film called Prom is in the works, which will be about nine high school students preparing for the big night. And there's no word yet on who will star in that one. That's about it for upcoming movies. Next, let's take a walk down to Sequel City and see what's coming your way as far as sequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, it looks like we have a bunch of uh, rumored or in-development type films that are coming your way as far as sequels. Wesley Snipes says he might be interested in making a Blade 4 film if the right script came along. It's only in the talk stages right now, but we'll keep you informed. Another sequel, prequel type thing being knocked around is Unbreakable 2. And it seems Bruce Willis and M. Night Shalabam have been talking about continuing the story. And Bruce Willis is also talking about making Die Hard 5 a sequel to the long line of Die Hard films. And stay tuned. We'll keep you informed as more of that develops. And that's about it for sequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we'll take a look at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD right here on On Screen and Beyond. TV on DVD, well, June 29th. Look for Mad About You, the complete fourth season to arrive in stores on DVD. The four-disc set includes such guest stars as Joanne Worley, who was a past guest on On Screen and Beyond. You can check that out in our reruns page at onscreenandbeyond.com. And May 4th, look for Courtney Cox's Dirt Season 2 as it comes to DVD in a two-disc set. Seven episodes the release of the final shows. And on June 8th, alias Smith & Jones Season 2 and 3 will come to store shelves in a six-disc set. That's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, what's coming your way as far as movies coming out on DVD from On Screen and Beyond? <laughs> Movies on DVD, well, i got a couple to tell you about. Well, Bitch Slap, the movie which pays homage to the 50s and 60s exploitation film, is out on DVD now. It sort of resembles the old Russ Myers film, and uh, you know, with Quentin Tarantino working on remaking uh, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. That's a remake of an old movie. Uh, Bitch Slap seems to be uh, the one that is leading the way for a resurgence of this type of campy, sexy, over-the-top film. And uh, you can also look for Kevin Sorbo and Lucy Lawless to be in cameos in Bitch Slap. And on March 23rd, let's see, we're going to be looking at Free Willy Escape from Pirate's Cove as it comes to DVD. I'm not quite sure what number sequel that is because it just seems like the Free Willy, you know, it was in the theaters for a while and then all of a sudden it was uh, out on DVD. So I don't know where they are on that one. But uh, with the recent tragedy that happened in... um, SeaWorld, it's it's kind of bad timing, I think. On April 13th, funny man Tim Allen stars in Crazy on the Outside on DVD. And Allen p- plays Tommy, who, after being released from prison, uh, finds uh, more trouble on the outside than on the inside. And that comes your way, like I said, on April 13th. That's about it for movies coming out on DVD. 
Coming up next, we have our interview with Ted Ramey. Now, of course, like I said earlier, Ted Ramey has been in such things as uh, Xena, Warrior Princess, uh, Sequest, DSV, and he's also been in all the Spider-Man movies and uh, the Army of Darkness, a lot of Bruce Campbell movies, and uh, he talks about all those things. I think you're going to find it interesting. It's coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. My guest today on On Screen and Beyond has appeared in such films as Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, and The Army of Darkness, The Evil Dead, and is also known for his role as Joxer the Mighty on Xeno Warrior Princess and Lieutenant Tim O'Neill on Sequest DSV. And he is currently directing a new dark comedy web series called Playing Dead. It's Ted Ramey. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, Ted. Hey, how you doing? Not too bad. Uh, glad to have Good. you on the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. I, I like all your uh, other guests you've been uh, interview other guests you've interviewed. So I feel like I'm in uh, good company. <laughs> well, it's it, it's you know always fun to talk to celebrities and find out what they've got going on and everything. And uh, yeah. I, I'd like to start off with uh, this new web series you're you're directing. Sure, it's um, it's a very dark comedy called uh, Playing Dead, and um, it's in eight parts. It's about this uh, out-of-work actress in L.A. who, um, to pay the bills, gets a part-time job playing death. So, but instead of, of course, playing her as a part, she's also is death. She's taking people into the next realm. So it's a bit of a conundrum for her. She's essentially a good person, but she uh, has to also kill people, or rather be there when they die. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I thought when I saw the script, it was hysterically funny. Um, it was very snappy and... Also, I thought it was it's such a great L.A. story that an actress would do anything to put something on a resume, including, uh, you know, watching people die. Yeah. So uh, I just love that. Now, uh, you're also the, the producer on this also, right? That's right. I'm one of the producers. Yeah, that's right. But uh, the director and um, um, uh, so, yes, yes, we, uh, we, we went through all our steps of uh, producing the sucker and putting it together and uh, we had a little mini movie, really. I mean, because we had multiple locations and uh, a little mini crew, but a but a crew, nevertheless. So, like a lot of web series out there, you know, we did pre-production, we did proper post-production. So this wasn't just slapping them together on a you know home home camera and uh, throwing it up on YouTube. You know, we really put our time in it. Yeah. Uh, now, are you acting at all in this at all, or? Making no, you know, I, I, I didn't. I didn't act in it. I, I really wanted to throw all my energy into directing, and um, I knew from being an actor for for so many years that um, you can divide your time, but if you do, something will suffer. Um, sometimes that's acceptable if you have a larger crew that can sort of go on cruise control without you. Um, but in this case, if we had a very minuscule crew. Um, and so I really needed to be there all the time to make sure that uh, everything was kind of, you know, cracking along. Although they were a great crew, but nevertheless small ones, so I felt I had to be there. Now, Suzanne is the writer on this one, right? Right, Suzanne Kiley, yeah. Um, she is, she's the writer and the star, and um, she wrote that. She's a Groundlings member here in L.A., and uh, 
um, you know, the, for those who don't know, the Groundlings are a famous comedy troupe, of course, and uh, she's she took those skills that she had learned through years of doing improv on stage and sketch comedy and and put it in the script. I, I think it's just terrific. So I, I couldn't, I had to say yes to that one. Yeah. Now you've worked with her before in the past, right? I have worked with her before. I, I worked with her. Um, I toured with her a little bit with her comedy troupe, Kylie and Reuters, and um, I, I was sort of a. You know, I was the the fall guy for all their shticks and gags, and then also backstage I would also haul their luggage around and unpack their stuff. So I was sort of the crew and the cast <laughs> in that one. <laughs> yeah. Now, this web series, um, this isn't the first time you've worked on a web, done a web series, correct? No, it's not. I directed the pilot for Rebooted, which stars Alex Albrecht of... Uh, Totally rad show, and uh, he brought me a script and that uh, I did, and that that was a real that was a hell of a lot of fun. That one, um, that's about uh, <clears throat> a computer programmer who first day at a major movie studio, um, and uh, it's just a lot of wackiness and uh, a lot of kooky characters. It's a little bit like The Office, I suppose you could compare it to The Office, you know, mm-hmm. but um, sort of The Office meets the player, I guess, yeah. in a very low budget sense. Hmm. Now, where can people see um, the Playing Dead? People can see Playing Dead at uh, watchplayingdead.com. That's watchplayingdead.com. No uh, spaces or dashes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, all presently, uh, seven episodes are up, but uh, an eighth one is due out this. Uh, I don't know when this airs, but um, this coming uh, Friday. Ah, okay. Now, this has a, you know. A, sci-fi, uh, uh, supernatural overtone to it. And a lot of the films that you're in and, and TV shows have that root of sci- sci-fi type thing. Uh, is this something that you enjoy doing? I do enjoy doing it. And um, I, I'm one of the few actors who that do that genre and really love it. Um, I, I think that I've run into in my career, I've been doing this for 20 years, and most actors really look at that stuff like... Um, uh, something they have to do to pay the bills, but uh, I, I relish it. And I think because I do, whenever I go in to read for the stuff, you know, producers tend to pick up on that, and, the, you know, they see that I'm really enthused about the material, so they, they put me in stuff like that. Now, when you were growing up, were you a big sci-fi fan? Oh, yeah, huge. <clears throat> I read, uh, as a kid, I read everything there was to read, um, at least all the big works, you know, and, uh, you know, stuff like Ray Bradbury, Asimov, mm-hmm. Samuel R. Delaney, and... Uh, Frank Herbert and all the biggies, and then that led me to uh, earlier 50s stuff, which I really began to love, like Richard Matheson and uh, Jerome Bixby and guys like that, um, who were were really cutting edge um, sci-fi, and uh, those really, really inspired me. Those guys, you know, were doing for sci-fi uh, what Theater the Absurd was doing at the same time for theater, and knowingly or unknowingly, and uh, what, you know, Kerouac was at that time doing. I'm sure they were all inspired probably by similar things. Nevertheless, it was also happening in science fiction, and, and that period's really my, my favorite one. Um, those guys later on went to, uh, as all still as young men in the early and mid-60s, were, later wrote Star Trek episodes and Twilight Zone episodes, which are still, to this day, um, timeless and amazing, despite the fact that many are black and white. Right, yeah. And uh, acting and hairstyles are all different, but uh, 
I know many people who would prefer to watch those rather than just about anything made today. And, and the reason is um, not only those writers, but the fact that the producers of those shows, uh, Gene Roddenberry and uh, Rod Serling respectively, would, would hire writers to write the scripts. They wouldn't be a room full of script people or not a writing group to head the show, which is generally done today. Mm -hmm. And um, this just isn't done anymore. Um, it's time-consuming and for a lot of other reasons, but I really do believe that it takes pro professional writers, great writers, to write great sci-fi. Yeah. And uh, you rarely, rarely see that anymore. Mm -hmm. So this show um, is, for me, the beginning of something <clears throat> I'd really like to do, is, which is a, my next project is a horror anthology, which will have some I will write and others I will hopefully get from other sources, some brilliant writers to... Uh, put scripts together for me. So Now, is that going to be a web series also? Yes, it'll be a web series, and um, uh, I don't have a title yet, but um, it, it will be in the vein of uh, probably Alfred Hitchcock Presents or mm -hmm. uh, The Twilight Zone, like in that style. It's basically less gore and uh, more suspense. Right, yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, that sounds interesting, gee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, I, I also understand that you're finishing up uh, touches on a feature script? Yes, I am finishing up. Um, I've uh, written many feature scripts, but uh, none I've either wanted to do or, you know, they fall apart the last minute financing. It's a thousand reasons why movies don't get made. But in this particular instance, um, <clears throat> this one is uh, uh, got a lot of positive motion behind it, so I'm really looking forward to it. Although, unfortunately, I can't tell you what that is. That's okay. <laughs> uh, parties involved don't want me to talk about it, which is actually a good thing for me. Uh, if, if it wasn't going anywhere, I'd tell you everything, yeah, yeah. Um, as, as happens here in Hollywood. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's exciting. And also, I'm, uh, the other thing I'm doing is I'm getting ready to work on um, a movie with my old buddy Bruce Campbell. that will be our third movie together. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll be doing that uh, this fall. Oh, wow. Is that something you can tell us? the name of or anything or um i can't tell you the name of it uh if you look hard enough you can probably find it online i can't tell you the name of it but i can tell you <clears throat> there are clues out there i suppose but um i am playing a very beloved um character mm. a very beloved uh, um science fiction character but i can't tell you any more than that or uh the goons at dark horse will come over and kill me <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dark Horse Comics, yeah. Yeah, no, that that's fine. Uh, that's it's always tough asking questions like that because you you never know what people can talk about or not talk about. So. <laughs> yes, it's a funny thing in Hollywood as as you know as projects are are becoming produced and they're in their earlier phases. You can say whatever you want, mm -hmm. and then as it gets closer, you can't. It's a funny thing, but I, I suppose I understand that it's. Um, uh, you know, I guess people don't want others sticking their ideas and stuff like that. So right. they, yeah. they just tend to keep mum about it. Yeah. yeah. Now, you mentioned Bruce Campbell. You've worked with him a couple of times. Uh, you've known Bruce for a long time, right? Yeah, since, uh, since we were kids. And um, we grew up in Detroit together. And uh, we've worked. Uh, Bruce and I were actually recently just trying to figure out how many hours of TV we had done together, not even movies. Mm -hmm. uh, we've probably done about... 60 or 70 hours of TV shows that we were in together. Wow. And uh, that's, that's, that's uh, you know, hours of TV, of course, not just yeah. hours worked. But um, that would probably run into the hundreds of hours, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> um, and then movies, uh, we've done uh, maybe a dozen, 
or a dozen and a half, something like that. So we've uh, we've both been at it a long time, and we both, uh, you know, we both like working together. So we we worked a lot a lot together. Yeah, I like I like the last one that you guys just did. The the name is uh, my name is Bruce. Uh, yeah, know. it's a fun one. Yeah, fun. You know, campy. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's a good movie. You think it's an, you know it's a, <clears throat> that one really drew some polarizing criticism. Um, you either loved it or you hated it. Hmm. And I understand that. That's not everybody's cup of tea. Right, yeah. Um, and my, you know, I, I played three different parts in that movie. Yeah, I saw you that. You know, it was fun. <laughs> I got to, yeah, it was really fun. I got to play three different parts. And, um, you know, I'm a character actor. It's what I love to do. Yeah. And uh, it was just fun to dis- completely disguise myself. One of them, of course, one of them I was uh, Bruce's agent, uh, a character named Mills Todner, who's just, you know, kind of a greaseball. Uh, and as an actor, that's just great to play agents like that. Yeah. Sweet revenge, you know. <laughs> um, and, um, I suppose if doctors could get to play their patients, they'd probably do the same thing. Right. But, um, um, and then I played uh, this Italian sign painter. And then I, one of the characters I played was uh, an, a about a 78-year-old Asian man. And I had full prosthetic makeup on. And it was played <clears throat> to the hilt goofy. Mm-hmm. To the hilt goofy. I mean, it was really over-the-top uh, craziness. And um, and I got so much flack for playing that part. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I got so much flack. I had uh, newspapers were saying it was one of the most offensive things they'd ever seen. And uh, <laughs> shocking that I would you know portray an Asian man so silly. And um, it was really... Uh, but those who got it thought it was hysterically funny, yeah, and I certainly wasn't out to offend anybody. Yeah, it's a movie. Um, it was <laughs> so over the, if I had been playing it seriously, if I had been, say, like, I could understand that if I were a white guy trying to play an Asian guy straight. Mm-hmm. They'd, why don't you just cast an Asian guy? There's really no point. Right. This is, this point, this is satire. Yeah. You know? But I think a lot of it has to do with star power. I realized something very important. It really has to do with star power. Um, you know, both, I, I happen to be Jewish, but both Eddie Murphy and Tom Cruise both played really over-the-top Jewish guys. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't offended by it. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. I think Eddie Murphy, I can't remember the movie, but then Tom Cruise in um, Tropic Thunder, and right. they were great. They were fantastic. But, um, you know, uh, it, um, you... I, I, they don't get flack because they're big stars. Right, <laughs> I really yeah. think uh, that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Nevertheless, I had a great time playing it, and I wouldn't take back that performance or anything. Yeah. Well, I, I, like I say, I've seen the movie, but until I read uh, you know your bio and things and, and saw that you had played so many characters in that movie, I, I really didn't know it, to be honest. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I thank didn't you. realize yeah, they were you. And, yeah, I was in prosthetics for a lot of it and um, really uh, crazy uh, costumes and stuff. It was a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, now, uh, is it true? You see a lot of things on the internet, and it says that um, Bruce Campbell was your babysitter when you were young. Was that true? 
Yes, it was true. Uh, he uh, Bruce would come over a lot. He lived nearby, and he came over for dinner a bunch. And uh, you know, <clears throat> I guess it's just like my mom and my dad's cooking. And so they said, "Look, if you're going to be here all this time, got to do some chores around this place." So go babysit Ted. Bruce is about six, seven years older than me, so I was maybe eleven mm-hmm. at the time. He's probably sixteen or seventeen. And uh, yeah, he came over and babysit uh, once in a while. Yeah, it's true. Hmm. I lived through it. Yeah. Early. <laughs> now, so, I tell you, he's a great babysitter, actually. Kind of, you know, one of these ones that you kind of do whatever you want. Right. <laughs> now, um, you've also worked on a lot of your brother's films, Sam. Yeah, I really have. I've been in uh, many of them. Many I haven't been, but uh, um, sometimes if there's a line or two here and there, he'll, you know, put me in it just for fun. Yeah. It's now, nice to be in those movies. Yeah, is it now being in a film where your brother is directing you? Is that difficult? I mean, you know, I mean, I have brothers, and you know, it can sometimes be hard. You know, <laughs> is it hard working for your yeah. brother like that? Yeah, uh, no, not really. I mean, uh, no more than any other any other job. Uh, you know, some businesses, though, were certainly were much more visible than other jobs. Right. But um, to pu- publicly speaking, I mean to say, but um, no, and you know, it on the on the I suppose on the advantages side, you know, I, I, I'm very familiar with with Sam naturally. He's my brother, so. Um, I know just what he's up to at any given time, and so far as what he wants from me. Mm-hmm. A little head gesture. I know if he liked it or didn't like it, and we share a similar sensibility, so that makes it really easy. Um, on the other side of the coin, um, I guess Sam knows when I'm not doing my best. Yeah. When I, you know, I'm certainly fooling. I think everybody on set, but I'm not fooling him. Right. <laughs> So he'll know when when to pull more out of it, you know. Yeah. So there's there's that too. So you know, that's like uh, anything else, I guess, with yeah. family. Now, when after the movies are all done and, and they've been done and everything, and you're sitting around in the holidays and having a meal, do you guys ever talk about the movies that that uh, you've made or anything like that? Yeah, sometimes we do. Um, I, you know, we'll start talking about people that we met and stars we've worked with and. Uh, things like that, and then we think we're making really interesting dinner conversation, and then my brother Ivan, who's a medical doctor, will just talk about how he just saved somebody's life, and then nothing we say can match that, so we generally shut up pretty quick after that. <laughs> <laughs> it all seems pretty pretty pointless, you know, when right, uh, yeah. you're basically pulling yeah. someone out of the jaws of, jaws of death. Yeah. Now, did you always want to be an actor? Um... No, I didn't always want to be an actor. I wanted to be a lot of things in my life that didn't come come to fruition for one reason or another. Um, I always liked acting, though, and I always thought it was something I was good at, but I, I never really, it wasn't something that I longed for as a kid. I, um, I, among other jobs I wanted to do was, one was be a cop, mm-hmm. and then that was supplant, supplanted by, I wanted to fly um, Apache helicopters for the Army. Yeah. And um, I walked into a, recru- a recruiting office when I briefly went to uh, uh, Michigan State University, and a um, guy told me that uh, my eyes were so bad that I couldn't fly them, but if I wanted to repair them, I could. <laughs> and that didn't seem very exciting to me. Yeah. <laughs> I ended that pretty quick. But uh, then uh, I went to, uh, then I, you know, I started uh, um, acting for, for, uh, for real at that point. Yeah. Now, how did you get the part of Lieutenant Tim O'Neill on Sequest DSV? 
I didn't get that part. Yeah, I just read for it. Just went through the long line, you know, it was between me and a million other guys. And uh, they kept, you know, as, as you do here in Hollywood, you first you read for a casting associate. After the casting associate comes a casting assistant. They clear you. Then you read for the casting director. After the casting director, you then um, read for some writer or a director of one of the episodes. And after that, they call you back three or four more times to read uh, this, this, you know, this cancellation process or this selection process goes on and on until finally there you are at NBC uh, sitting at this long, long table, like a mile long with three guys at the end of it, uh, two are the main advertisers and one's the EP, the executive producer, and uh, they watch you and that's it. You, know, you, you do your bit and you walk out and you wonder uh, what that was all about. And then I got the call to, to come in and uh, it was great. That was my first big TV series and uh, I remember that, that getting that call, that was... I'll never forget it. That was right. Changed my whole life. Yeah, yeah. Was it a good series to work on? It was a great series to work on, and um, uh, at the time, it was the most expensive TV show on on TV. It was it was the most expensive show. I believe our budgets were about one point around one and a half to one and three quarters of a million an episode at their most wow. expensive. Now that's nothing. Yeah. It's peanuts, and you know, you know, you, an episode of Heroes probably is right. three or four. I don't know, but um, at the time, that was outrageously expensive. And when we got canceled, our ratings were still pretty good, but they they didn't want to spend the money. NBC, you know, it was still too much, and mm-hmm. um, it was in some senses mm, just bad timing. If that had happened now, I think you know the sci-fi uh, concepts I think are much more accepted by the public. Um, if that show was a little maybe not quite so uh, on, on the money time-wise, but uh, we shot that show in, uh, here in Los Angeles and also in uh, um, Orlando, Florida, Universal Studios down there. Oh, so you jumped Plus, back. For, for two years, I got to work with Roy Scheider, three years, and um, learned a lot from him. And uh, learned a lot from, I learned a lot from a lot of actors there. We had some really great guest stars and really got some great experience on that show. Yeah. So that was, it was altogether a great experience. Yeah. Now, what about Xena, working on that one? Uh, Zena was great. Zena, <clears throat> Zena, I remember, took me away from home for uh, about a half year, every year for about for about six years, and um, that was I took me away to New Zealand. Right. Yeah. Jeez. And so that was really uh, it was a it was a great experience. Um, it was I, I, you know I'd gone from a cast of about nine or ten to a cast of three. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I'm, I'm on camera all the time, and that was, you know, a, a, a new experience for me. And um, there was these, there were, there, there were, instead of all guys doing guy things, there were suddenly just two other girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was really, it was really a, quite a shock. Yeah. You know, it was really a shock, but in a good way, you know. And, and uh, for six years, I worked with Lucy Lawless and Renee O'Connor every day I was on that show and they're great acting partners (laughs) they're great acting partners yeah they're fantastic during that time um, while I was on that show I got cast in as the dad or at least asked to be the dad in the Disney TV series version of Honey I Shrunk the Kids oh really yeah and I had to ask myself a question it was the, 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 uh, the guy who produced it was a really nice guy and I had known him for a while and I had to ask myself, well, do I want to be, I think they shot, shot in Vancouver or somewhere up in Canada, if I'm not mistaken, but do I want to be in Canada shooting uh, that show with 
a bunch of kids who I didn't know, mm-hmm. or New Zealand with you know my friends who I was already working with for a couple of years. So I chose you know, I chose to be on Xena, you know, so I stuck with that show. Yeah. Now was it? It was a little bit different because you know, I mean, it was still sort of you know the sci-fi type uh, genre, and but there was a little comedy in there. Did, did was that a new thing for you to try to do that? Um. Adding comedy to sci-fi in, in terms of uh, Xena was great. They, uh, I was cast as a goofy, funny guy, mm-hmm. so it was wonderful. I could every you know the, there was very little that I did that got edited, which was incredible. You know, it was really uh, mind blowing. It was um, um, they I don't know. It was like a, no comedian gets the kind of carte blanche I got on that show. Really? And I still can't believe it looking back, you know, and I, um, I would come on set with all these ideas and I'd say, oh, why don't do this? I think this would be funny. I think that would be funny. And, um, there'll be very few times where they'd say no, or that was too much or, you know, so it, it, it was broad humor and that's the kind of humor you seldom see on TV. Yeah. Yeah. You seldom see that. That's really more movies or... Actually, it's out of favor in movies now. I take that back. You just don't see it very much. And I was very lucky to have gotten to perform that kind of stuff. It was pure, almost... It was slapstick, you know, yeah. Commedia dell'arte craziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it was yeah. awesome. Now, with that show, you, you talk about uh, how they gave you some leeway. Now, uh, did that extend into the fact that you also um, wrote some of the songs for the show and sang? Uh, yeah, it, I don't know that the the singing came around. I I can't remember. Well, the singing came around because Rob Caput, the producer, loves musicals, and he wanted to do an all musical version of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is years before uh, you know High School Musical or any of that stuff. This was many many years before. It was outrageous for a TV show to be doing a musical, all-musical one. Mm-hmm. It was simply unheard of. But he insisted, and it was a really big hit. After that episode aired, uh, the numbers were great, and uh, uh, did another one, and um, I, I suppose, I don't really, certainly I couldn't say for Rob, but it seems to me that if he could, if he would he would have done every single one a, a musical ep. He just loves it so much. But the song that I wrote came about with the director of one of the episodes, Josh Becker, um, great director he thought that it would be very funny while gabrielle the character and i were chained up in this basement place mm-hmm. uh, that i would annoy her with the song that i wrote and i would sing it because he thought that's just an annoying thing that people do you know when they say here i got this song that i wrote let me sing it a few bars you know please don't you know <laughs> <laughs> and so i do of course and uh driver crazy and the song happens to be about me so josh becker it was really josh becker's idea and i came up uh with the lyrics and the melody, and then uh, Joe LaDuca, um, you know, put a funny chorus behind it for the end title sequence. So it worked quite well. Huh. Yeah, that's, it, you're very multi-talented at seeing all the different things you've been able to do. So, <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm glad you think so. I'm really uh, just uh, very interested in so many things, and uh, I'm very lucky that I have the time to uh, work hard at all of them. Yeah, uh, really, that's kind of how I see it. I just you got a couple more questions here. I don't want to hold you up too long. What's your favorite TV shows? New or old? Doesn't oh, matter. Oh my! Right now, like these days. It, new or old? Like, doesn't matter. New or old? Oh man. Okay. Well, I'd have you know. I top five. It's yeah, there's so many great ones. It's really hard to even start that. It's a tough question to ask. Yeah. But um, I would say the ones I watch the most. 
on a regular basis are the original Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. Classic. Um, probably anything on History International, net, which is a cable channel, um, which has just historical stuff, which mm -hmm. I just love. Um, I'd say, though that's not technically a show, but I do watch it a lot. And uh, I love Big Love with yep. Bill Paxton. Watch that. Never miss it. It's a great show. Um, I also love Alfred Hitchcock's Fence. Yeah. Watch that a great deal. Um, I watch, of course, of course, reruns nationally. Uh, I also watch, um, I also watch, rewatch the first episode, first season of Heroes. I think I've seen the first season twice now. Oh, really? And I've never <laughs> progressed beyond the first yet. Yeah, it was just so good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I also, also, well, those are the main ones. I got to say that takes a lot of keepy time, right yeah. there. What about There's movies? Many others, but oh, movies! My favorite movies. Yeah. Favorite stuff. Oh well. Wow, that's a tough one too. I mean, that changes day to day. <laughs> Everybody has a hard time know. with that one. It's a rough question, but I mean, it's sort of like your favorite food. You, some people can answer that question right off the bat. You know, apple pie definitively, for example. You know, but right. um, changes with my mood. Um, what I always watch, um, at least like once a year, I'd say, was is um, the man who would be king, yeah, which, which is a nineteen. You know that movie, the one with um, uh, Sean Connery. Correct, and it was it was it was directed by um, um, John Huston. Yes, yeah. The guy who directed the Maltese was that I believe the Maltese Falcon director. I believe that's Huston directed, or maybe that was Hawks. Can't remember. Anyway, it was directed by Huston and. Um, Great movie. Love, I could watch that a million times, and I think I have. I don't know when I'm ever bored with that one. Um, I also love <clears throat> to watch uh, The Beast, um, which is a Kevin Reynolds picture made around 89. It's 20 years old now. Um, great movie uh, based on his uh, play called Nanawate about this tank that is lost in Afghanistan during the Russian-Afghan War. Okay, I think I've Very, seen very interesting movie. And um, just great drama. Um, what else? What are my other favorite movies? Uh, probably um, Lee Tamahori, The Edge, with Anthony Hopkins, which is written by Mamet. Mm -hmm. um, playwright who I love. I watched that a million times. Um, and uh, uh, I think Altered States. Oh, okay. I, the, the original? I really love. I watched the, oh, yeah, the original Altered States, yeah, with uh, William Hurt. Mm -hmm. I think that was made in 79, maybe 80 released. Yeah. Um, and uh, great, great. Yeah. And um, written by, that's an interesting one, it was written by Patty Chayefsky, the same guy who wrote Hospital and uh, the same guy who wrote Marty in the 50s. Yeah. Kind yeah. of incredible writer, but that mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Well, there was just one other thing that when you were talking that, that made me think of it. I recently heard that there might be a Xena movie made. Have you heard any rumblings of that? And if so, any chance we might see you on there? Um, I, I have not heard about a Xena movie. It's very likely um, a rumor only. Mm -hmm. um, these rumors do pop up now and again, though. I'm certainly not uh, <laughs> belittling you for believing anything you hear, but it, it, might, it may or may not be true. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, Would you be? I, I, you know, I, I, I probably could be in it, I suppose. Probably not as jocks, or I'm too old you know, to be a be that, you know, wacky, uh, <laughs> physically wacky anymore, but 
um, yeah, you know, I'm probably like, you know, redone with a lot of young actors would be probably a great thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just something, you know, you hear things every once in a while and just curious. Um, well, yeah, Ted, I think it'd be an awesome, awesome idea. Yeah, Ted, I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. It's uh, been fascinating yeah, listening my, to my, you. My pleasure, and it was great questions today. Yeah, well, good. And uh, good luck with uh, Playing Dead. I hope everybody goes to watchplayingdead.com and check it out. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. All right, Ted, and thank you very much. Great talking to you today. See you later. I want to thank Ted for taking the time to talk to us. Great guests, a lot of good stories, and a lot of fun to talk to. And uh, let's see, next week we have another great guest coming your way. Hope you're going to stick around for that and be here. And also want to remind you, if you have a suggestion of who you would like to have us have as a guest on On Screen and Beyond, uh, can't make any guarantees that we can connect with them. We're trying on different uh, levels to try to find different people who we can connect with. Uh, Sometimes we're successful, sometimes we are not. And sometimes they're not available, they don't want to do it, or whatever. So uh, we'll try, though. You can uh, send your suggestion to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we'll see what we can do. I'm currently working on a couple of uh, ones that uh, were sent in a while ago. Um, They they evaded us a while back, so I'm taking another crack at it, see if we can get those people on, and we'll see what we can come up with. So that's about it for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. I want to thank you for listening. And until next week, this is Brian Zemrak. Take care.